What's going on, guys? I'm Alex. Welcome to another episode of the BSR Show. We are the Black Series Rebels. With me, as always, is my boy, Stephen Ellis. Hi, Alex. And you know we've got the oh-so-minty-fresh Cisco Kid. What is good, my dudes? My dudes. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy, Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Can we just get it out of the way right now and say that this is my favorite holiday? Is it your favorite holiday? Hands down. Uh, I will be the voice of dissent and say, I despise this holiday with a burning with a burning fire now, in my belly. I say, I say this with full knowledge and acknowledgement and recognition of the travesties that uh, occurred on this. The problematic day. roots of Thanksgiving. The problematic roots of this uh, Thanksgiving. But my God, do I love to eat Thanksgiving <laughs> fucking food you guys know me as well as every anybody does and thanksgiving sandwiches along with thanksgiving anything is just my favorite thing to eat i would true i've seen you eat a thanksgiving sandwich in july i've seen you fuck with a thanksgiving sandwich in july i've seen you fuck with one in march i've seen you bust out some stovetop stuffing just like fucking middle of june no sweat Nah, bro. You never seen no stovetop <laughs> stuffing in my house. I don't fucking mess with. I, I fuck with some real life stuffing that my mom makes. But no, um, I love Thanksgiving sandwiches, dude. I will eat them once a week, if at least for so every week of the year, what, if I could. What does it have to have on it in order for it to pass the Cisco test? Okay, well, obviously turkey, right? Yeah. Um, carbs, then, turkey, none of that deli slice, right? Right. And then the the rest of the fixings can be sort of in limbo, but it's got to have any of these things. Mashed potatoes, stuffing, cranberry sauce, and gravy. So any of those things are present, it's a Thanksgiving sandwich for me. at Thanksgiving dinner, do you get a sampling of all of those ingredients like and make said sandwich or not made said but but on thanksgiving (laughs) i'm just curious do you enjoy all of those things on thanksgiving when it's sort of individual on your plate yeah so you always get all those ingredients yeah and then including and then whatever sides uh people are making so let's say it's somebody makes a green bean casserole or like you know i we usually make um brussels sprouts um roasted Brussels sprouts right. so we'll bring that to our family thing um so you know like whatever people are making and then depending on who we're celebrating with we'll have different types of entrees as well as sides and i'll f- kind of fuck with everything but those are like the core ones that i that make a, so- a thanksgiving sandwich or thanksgiving, now, thanksgiving sandwich for me now the reason i asked that is because <laughs> Keep going. I'm, Keep going. We're five minutes in, and we're know, we're stuck on Thanksgiving. It's fine. I know. I know. But I just I have to I have to get this out. It's Thanksgiving. Um, I don't like. I'm not a stuffing guy. Um, I'm not a cranberry sauce guy. Um, I'll mess with some turkey and some mashed potatoes and gravy, and like I'll throw in a couple green beans or whatever. But for the most part, it's Hawaiian rolls, mashed potatoes and gravy, and turkey. Um, when it comes to stuffing, like, uh, what's, what don't you like about stuffing? It's just not my jam. It's just not my jam. And I've had all, all various ranges of stuffing, but my point is the sandwich that you described though, sounds delicious at this current moment. And I could totally mess with that. But in terms of like on Thanksgiving, what's on my plate, not going for most of it. So I'm just saying, have you ever had, have you ever had the Thanksgiving sandwich at, at carving board? No. 
You've seen me eat it, though, right? Oh, I've seen you eat this sandwich countless times. I'm just <laughs> yeah, saying yeah. <laughs> I I was just curious because not those ingredients don't normally aren't something I'm into, but right now at this moment, sounds like a good tasty sandwich. Maybe I'll have to go try it. Yeah. As a kid, I actually didn't really like stuffing, and it wasn't until I, my sort of palate, I just expanded it a little bit as I got older and I started to appreciate my mom's stuffing, which everybody had raved about it. So my mom's stuffing is actually her mom's stuffing that has been passed down, you know, passed down. And for a long time, I was the same way. I was just kind of like, this is weird. Like, I don't like the way this, it's kind of looks, it's more like a bread pudding almost, but savory. Right. And, um, sometimes they don't call I, it stuffing. They call it dressing. <laughs> Alex yeah, is just like, right, Jesus right. Christ. <laughs> But no, anyway, I, mute, so, I muted myself because I was sneezing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, as an adult now, I'm like super into it. So I get a big helping of stuffing. I drench it in, in gravy. Um, and I just kind of like cover everything in gravy for the most part, except for uh, cranberry sauce and just go to town with it. All right. All right. I, I'm really happy that you love Thanksgiving. Alex, <laughs> Alex, what are you thankful for this year, friend? Uh, what am I thankful for this year? Oh, man. I'm supposed to ask that question. Oh, Gives sorry. me time to think about sorry. it while you, you can, guys talk right, about you want, you, I'll answer and then you get no, back you, to yeah, it. you answer. You have yeah. more to, you have a lot yeah. to be thankful for. Uh, you no, say what I you're sound thankful super for. Cheesy. I'm just thankful that like my family's healthy and nobody, I, you know, that nobody in my immediate family has caught COVID and I'm appreciative of the time that I've gotten to spend, um, you know, with my, my wife and, and daughter. And, um, I actually, I'm loving our new, format and i'm thankful for you guys and the show and keeping it going and trudging forward so um you know listen i miss fucking movie theaters and i miss like hanging out with you guys in person um but at the end of the day i know we all have it so good and so i'm just thankful that you know we're all healthy and, and happy what about you cisco what are you thankful for you know man in a crazy year as crazy a year as 2020 has been i have a lot to be thankful for i mean a lot of the same things as steve just said my family my health our our uh, communal health um being able to continue to stay employed throughout this time and work from home and uh, the blessings of being able to have somebody to watch our kids while we work both my wife and i work from home those are all things that i'm super super grateful for but on a selfish note on a more uh on a more sort of like uh menial <laughs> side of thankfulness i know I'm it's coming <laughs> i'm thankful that i that i uh that this my city that i root for uh is back to being champ are back to being champions uh the teams that i root for are back to being champions i'm thankful that i caught some w's uh on the the sneakers that i was looking for um throughout the year <laughs> so I'm, I'm very <laughs> thankful for that um i'm gonna i'm gonna um Accept the L's and be grateful for the W's this year. I like that. I like that. Let's see. What am I thankful for this year? Obviously, like everything you guys have said, I'm I'm incredibly grateful that nobody in my family has, you know, I have some family members that have gotten COVID, but nobody has died from COVID, which is pretty much as big a W as you can get in 2020. And anybody out there that has lost somebody, you know, obviously this is a hard fucking year and, <laughs> you know, you know, I was about to say it is what it is, and that's not what I mean. I mean from a from a sense of like everybody is in this kind of boat together. So I'm kind of thankful that the people in my life are healthy and safe, and everybody out there that's having a not as safe year. I hope that you have, you know, comfort in knowing that hopefully this will be over soon. 
Uh, on my selfish note, I'm thankful for probably my most successful work year ever. I've had a very, very, very good work year. <laughs> I, uh, I've, I've had a lot of jobs that require NDAs and then I consider that to be a successful, successful work year. You know, I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for my wife. I'm grateful for, uh, you guys, the show. I'm grateful for the listeners. I definitely am grateful for the last like three, what we're going into the third month of the new version of the show. And, you know, it's just, a, it, it's, it's weird because like, I'm, I'm thankful to be, I'm just thankful to be, <laughs> if that makes sense. I'm just kind of grateful to be in the situation that I'm in. And I'm very aware that there's a lot of people out there that are having a very, very, very rough year. And if making this little show helps people smile a little bit through this terrible year, like that, I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful to be able to do that with my voice. So yeah, uh, before we get into the show, why don't we do a quick little couple housekeeping things? Ooh, housekeeping. Uh, housekeeping things. Here's some housekeeping <laughs> things. Uh, Cyber Monday, you guys know it. We always do it. Cyber Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time, we are going to be having the worst year ever sale, which means everything that we've released throughout this year, which has been the worst year ever, is going to go on sale and everything is going to be really on sale. I tried to go in and do some, I mean, I went nuts, dude. I think hats are like five bucks, <laughs> like bandanas are like five bucks. I tried to be, uh, just, just really make everything super fun and affordable for everybody that wants to pick something up as a, a fun Christmas gift or a fun holiday gift for somebody or just that hasn't been able to score pins. A lot of the old pins that were sold out previously are back in stock. This is a good opportunity to catch up on all that good stuff. It is uh, This is my favorite sale we do every year because I think people get really excited. We try to really make it fun. Uh, there's limited numbers of some really desirable things. So if you want to be quick, go to www.blackseriesrebels.com backslash shop on Cyber Monday at 9 a.m. California time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. Uh, if you're on our mailing list, you guys will get a mailing list that kind of says everything that's going to be for sale. We are doing mystery packs again. That is our big thing. So for 15 bucks, you get a shirt, you get some accessory, like a little surprise, whether it be a bandana, a hat, a patch, and then you get a previously sold out pin. But all mystery. All mystery. All mystery, baby. So yeah, check out the worst year ever sale on Cyber Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific time, 12 p.m. Eastern time. And hey, guys, listen, if you're liking this new version of the show, the audio version, do us a favor. Do us a solid. Give us one more win for the year. Can you leave us, I don't know, a review if you're digging it? Over on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, just... I don't know. Leave us a review. Like the show. Let us know how you're feeling. Give us one of those. Oh, so minty fresh. Were you going to do a bl Yeah. <laughs> I was like, he's going to try to ding. Let's try it. Ready? Let's see if we can do it. Oh, so minty fresh. <laughs> Give me one that more. Give me one more. Give me one more. I think I can get it even better. Oh, so minty fresh. Nice. And that brings <laughs> us into our theme. For this month, because this is sort of like an overall encompass of a couple weeks of December and the last little bit of November, we present to you the season of Minty 
Freshmas. What does that mean? It's all holidays all the time, baby. We're talking toys, movies, family traditions. We're going to be getting sweaty on all things Minty Freshmas, which means we've got to go to some ho, 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 Minty Fresh news. Ho, ho, ho. Hey, Steve, what's going on in Minty Fresh News? <laughs> Minty Freshness, guys, we finally have a release date for Coming to America uh, 2. Coming to America 2. Uh, as you know, I reported back a few weeks ago that Amazon Studios ended up acquiring the worldwide worldwide rights to the sequel. And guess what? It is arriving March 5th, 2021. Um, God, I'm hoping a trailer's coming out soon. I'm so excited for this movie. Uh, I'm stoked. I'm super stoked. Cisco, you've got to be on cloud nine for this one. I'm pretty anticipating this thing pretty pretty heavily, man. I'm excited. I got my shoes on deck. My my one pair of uh, Giannis's <laughs> coming to America pair. Um, but yeah, coming to America is one of my favorite movies, so I'm super excited for this one. Alex. What um, if you could have? Is this the one movie you really hope can uh? Will be in theaters. When does it come out? What was the official release date? Sorry, Mar- March fifth, twenty twenty one. So there's so there's a good chance you might be able to see this in theaters. Yeah, I mean, maybe. would you go? Would you go? Oh, dude, there's I, I there's so many factors at play. I couldn't even begin to answer that question right now. <laughs> just flatter me in the holidays. I know if, we're all. Let terrified. me just put it this way: if if the pendulum is swinging, um, and I'm following its lead. Odds are I'll probably be in a movie theater then. Cisco? Yeah, I think I'd be excited to watch it in a theater, but it's not my most anticipated one. Top Gun for sure is the one that I want to see in the theater the most. Okay, so... Oh, I don't want to... I'm not going to... I don't want to put that bad juju out there, but I was like, what would you do? Would you wait till you could see it in the theater or would you watch it at home? Be like, fuck it. For Top Gun? Yeah. Uh, I mean, if there's like one of those things where there's like, oh, I think I would watch it at home. And then if they ended up releasing it to in theaters like if, where it's safe, if then you like go. loved it, you'd go see it in the theater. All right. Cool. I didn't even love it. If they did like a double feature of like the original Top Gun and the new one, I go, fuck it. Let's go watch it. I just hope that they have a McDowell's around here that I could go to because that's yeah. all I really care about is the food gimmicks that they're going to do with that movie. Because me and the McDonald's guys, we got a misunderstanding. <laughs> Did either of you ever go when they transformed the the burger place into the McDonald's for Halloween like two years ago? No, but you know who did? You know who did? Got to be Jermaine Lucier. <laughs> Jermaine Lucier. <laughs> yeah, Jermaine Lucier first in line. Yeah. Okay. What else is going on this weekend, dude? Uh, speaking of release dates, Wonder Woman 1984. Uh, Warner Brothers has announced that it is about to debut both in theaters and on HBO Max on Christmas Day of this year, guys. I will Merry watch Christmas. this on Christmas Day. What do we? This think? will be the movie. What this will think? be the movie I watch on Christmas Day. Good move. Feel like they they kind of had to do it what do you think i'm grateful for this move great yeah i think hbo max they the the talk that i keep hearing is hbo max needs to do something hbo max needs to do something big and maybe this is that thing i don't know but um i'm excited to see it i think it's cool that they're doing a sort of like uh simultaneous drop you know theaters and 
and on uh, streaming. I, I haven't been able to find this answer anywhere, but have you seen if they're going to charge a premium for it, like the way that they did Mulan on Disney Plus? I've not seen that, no. I don't think they are, Cisco. I'm, I'm, I think. Yeah, no, I, nope, I right here, just... right here in the article. Film will stream on HBO Max for a month at no additional cost to subscribers. There you go. I mean, that's pretty big, I think. I think that it's not the number one theatrical streaming release I'm looking forward to. There's another one that I'm looking forward to more that is directly related to our topic of conversation today, which would be Soul on Disney Plus. Right. I'm the most excited for Soul on Disney Plus. But because I, I liked Wonder Woman, particularly the first and second act of Wonder Woman is Same. incredible. The third act, I was a little like, eh, eh, this is this is fine. Definitely feels like it was trying to. It just didn't live up to how good the first two acts are. We'll just leave it at that. But it's the 80s. Wonder Woman. Come on. It's I'm gonna there. be awesome. I'm there. I'm, I'm there. I'm there. I'm there. I dig it. Which which 80s track do you for sure think they're gonna play in it? Oh guys, do you think there's any chance that they would play? So I'm Standing still, break the ice. Uh, I tell you what, if that song slaps out in Wonder Woman, it will be. I was about to say, it would be better than anything that could possibly happen in that movie. <laughs> All of a sudden, Chris Pine's on a BMX bike. I would just see you would see Jermaine flying through the air on like a BMX bike with just like fireworks shooting out of the back of it and just like dropping wonder woman mondo posters for everybody in the world like a like a big germane santa could you imagine <laughs> can we have cody can we have cody draw that please big germane santa <laughs> oh my gosh cody would be like who is germane and why am i drawing that'll be, santa? that'll be the christmas uh, the christmas prank. uh we don't have to get into this um but i just thought it was worth mentioning considering last month or at least in october when we had amanda jean on we did our Midnight Movie Club Scream. Um, Scream 5 has officially wrapped production. Um, Courtney Cox, David Arquette, um, Nev Campbell are all returning, as well as a new young cast. Uh, the crew behind Ready or Not uh, wrote and directed it. There's a lot of great information about sort of the behind the scenes of it, but Scream is going to be called No Number, No Nothing. Um, will be released on January 14th, 2022. Uh, God, please please let us know we'll be in theaters by 2022 um green day not green day definitely not green day um a couple weeks ago you guys might recall we talked about this band called the network alex is a big fan i'm a huge fan um they released their ep uh this week if i'm not mistaken here's a new track from them called trans am in the streets of our hypocrisy Nuclear power from the 70s A retro bomb at the starting line She is a beauty, she's my Frankenstein Evolving from another time Added to our space Scorching the pavement Just a victim of the human race White knuckles racing Cause their forces so centrifugal Stop myself from driving her inertia Telling me who I am Time to slip She's who I am 
Transam. Uh, uh, it's pretty good. I'm all pretty for good. it. I'm all for it. It's pretty good. Uh, Thursday was a, a really great uh, day if you're into that kind of music. If you're into uh, sort of like pop punk, whether you want to call it, you know, pop hardcore or post hardcore, whatever the hell you want to call it. That's like kind of an 80s new wave thing. Uh, there were lots of great things. That new I Am The Avalanche came out, which was fantastic. New Bayside network, acoustic album. New, well, the new Bayside acoustic album is up for pre-order. Oh, there you go. Uh, which is, I pre-ordered my little one with my little Bayside prayer candle. Uh, I'm really bummed out, though, because I was like, hey, Nick, why doesn't that prayer candle say, say your prayers? <laughs> say your prayers, say your prayers. It's one of their songs. He was like, it's a pretty good idea. <laughs> I was like, damn it. <laughs> you got to hire me, man. you like, you can hire me? <laughs> Hire me. I, I'm I'm shitting ideas out like that all day. Uh, no, it's pretty cool. I'm excited. the The full length album comes out on December fourth, so it's I not really for like, everybody. But go ahead, Cisco. I really like the nod to Enemy Mine in that video. Oh yeah, it's like super '80s, like super fuck. It's awesome. Yeah. You guys ever watch Enemy Mine? No. no. Fuck that movie's fucking crazy and cool. <laughs> Louis Gossett Jr. is just in oh, full on him. alien. Uh, attire or um makeup and prosthetics it's cool it's a it's a it's you know it's not for everybody that band but if if you're into stuff that's a little more politically driven a little more satirical it's fun what else is going on steve uh dude Chappelle kind of broke the internet first thing this morning um he dropped a about 20 minute stand-up on his instagram um stories and then now it's in his profile but um basically it's it's a pretty rad clip if you haven't checked it out uh here is just a brief little moment from it so i'm not going to the agents i'm coming to my real boss i'm coming to you i'm begging you if you ever liked me if you ever think there was anything worthwhile about me i'm begging you please don't watch that show I'm not asking to boycott any network. Boycott me. Boycott Chappelle's show. Do not watch it unless they pay me. So, uh, it's a great special. I don't know if you got to check it out. Alex Cisco, did you get to see it yet? I did, yeah. What'd you think? I thought it was great. I thought it's on that... Netflix? No, it's on uh, his Instagram. Okay. Um, I thought it was really cool how he set up the whole thing with these two stories um, that coincide with his struggle with um, Comedy Central and how they've kind of done him over the years. And um, yeah, man, I just uh, I'm cool with it, dude. Like I, I would say to anybody who likes the Chappelle show to just don't watch it. You know what I mean? Don't watch it on Comedy Central. Don't watch it streaming anywhere. I have it on dvd so i guess Same. i could watch it if i really need to um well I but uh well i thought that what was really interesting about this was the the bigger picture of it too was the fact of like sort of it really makes you sit back and think about like these artists whether they're comedians um musicians like what's going on with taylor swift and like the rights to her music and i just think that there's something very interesting about these people like you know artists who create art and then the business people behind it end up owning that artwork in perpetuity, you know, throughout the universe or whatever. And I just think it makes, he makes really interesting, you know, points uh, in regards to just how kind of fucked up that is, especially as an artist and to do that to an artist.
I mean, I think it's awesome that Netflix pulled it. I think it's great. Netflix came out in support of him and they're like, great. We won't, we, if you don't want people watching it, we're going to pull it. You're a big, uh, you're a big, you know, celebrity on our platform. They, he clearly does a lot of stuff with Netflix. I'm, I'm getting that correct, right? Netflix came out and said, if Chappelle doesn't so, want people watching it, we're not keeping it on our platform. I don't want to, you know, basically in, in his video, he goes on to basically say that, you know, he found out that they were doing that and he called them up and was like, Hey, it hurts me that you guys are putting that up. And they immediately just pulled it and yanked it because exactly you know, perfect. He, you know, and he talks about that's why he that's why he works with Netflix is because they they do what they say they're going to do and they give him what's his. I think that listen, it's it. I don't know the details of Dave Chappelle's deal with Comedy Central. I don't know what was signed when it was signed. I'm not taking Comedy Central's side. Uh, I don't under. I, I didn't watch the special. I I would say that. This is not a new occurrence. It's right. exactly. It's pretty, it's pretty common. It happens to a lot of, like a great example is Mike Judge. There's a reason why he stopped doing Beavis and Butthead because he wasn't making any fucking money. It's why he had to go do the movie. He's like, the only way I'm going to make any money on Beavis and Butthead is I make something outside of the the ecosystem of MTV. Uh, you mentioned Taylor Swift. A great example too is Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson were famously good friends and then the Beatles rights went for sale and then Michael Jackson went and bought all of them yeah. for Paul McCartney's advice that he should invest in music licensing. Paul's like, I didn't mean by my songs, dude. <laughs> he bought all the Beatles. Where's music. that like Aaron Sorkin social network version of that movie? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. That'd be actually awesome. Like when Paul McCartney and Michael Jackson were good buddies. I think that I love that. I love that. Um, they did that for Chappelle. I think that that is, the right thing to do, I think that if Dave is saying that he isn't getting what he's owed from Comedy Central, I think it's a very easy call for Comedy Central to make that right, but clearly they don't want to do it. So whatever the problem is, it needs to be, you know, it, it always should be artists first. I, you know, it's, it's, I can also understand the trap that somebody like Chappelle would fall into, right? Like, if somebody were, let's say Comedy Central were to call me tomorrow and be like, hey, man, we just read your pilot. We fucking love it. Here's the deal we're going to give you. Well, and that's essentially what he goes on. That's what he describes yeah. the whole scenario. That's exactly. I mean, I would do the exact same thing. So there's, I'm not going to be here and be like, oh, why Dave Chappelle signed that? Yeah. I would sign it. You know, you just kind of have to hope that the people around you are going to protect you. And it sounds like he wasn't protected well enough by the people that should have had his back. And right. now Dave Chappelle's a fucking monster. And the com, if not the greatest living stand-up comic, so you know, Dave Chappelle's going to be just fine, and it, I'm glad that he's sticking up for his morals and his art. And yeah, from uh, from what he was talking about during the the video, it sounds like this is an exercise for him in trying to reclaim some of his power. And we'll see how this exercise goes. You know, like, do people buy into this? Like, are people going to, um, quote unquote, boycott the Chappelle show? And if they do, will that make any waves? Who knows? We'll see. You know, the likelihood of that happening is probably pretty low. But he's making a stand for sure. And he's making no bones about being able to call out specific people by name publicly. Well, corporations and channels by uh, publicly by name so um it's very very interesting we'll see what it comes of it nice now just because now just so because i'm so excited to get to 
our main segment for tonight real quick because we don't have enough time to get into it. Alex, you like the new episode of Mando? Uh, yeah, it was great. Cisco? thought it was fantastic. My favorite episode of The Mandalorian of episodes are seasons one and two. Nice. Yeah, yeah. It's uh, it, it was it was really fantastic. I kept laughing my ass off every time Gina Carano was on screen. <laughs> Shit was hilarious to me. I thought it was so funny. Like she would like punch a dude in the face, and I just kept seeing Gina Carano has blocked you, and I kept <laughs> laughing so hard. I thought that shit was so funny. Like it's just like every time she punched a guy, I was just like, oh man, that guy probably told her to wear a mask. <laughs> like like she's so like she's such a weirdo and a problematic figure on twitter now she says such shitty things well and I'm, if she's over on parlor i feel bad because they got hacked tonight i hope i know where they're gonna release all of her do you uh, feel bad do you feel, I don't bad? feel bad i don't feel bad at all i don't feel bad <laughs> i guess not i'm yeah yeah um but yeah no dude this episode without getting into like the, too much details because we don't have time but I fucking absolutely loved it. I thought it, it it rocked from jump to the very end. I thought it was funny. I thought it had great action. I thought it moved the story forward in a cool way. Um, it had everything that I've been looking for in this show in one episode. And I'm like, I'm I'm back on on the hype train. For yeah, this, yeah. Uh, I, I feel like a lot of the stuff I was saying that first episode you weren't here, Cisco. I was like, I, I'm just watching it, and there's no real reason why I'm watching it. That changed this week, just in those little, the little details, like whatever's happening in those tubes with all those bodies, the probably yep. Palpatine clones or whatever. The fact that like, you know, you're those weird like troopers with the red lines. We're like, what are these guys that they're building? All those little things make me go. And that isn't just a like a wink, like we know how much you like this character. But actual like development and story for me was a big win. You Good might episode. know you might know better than I do, but are those supposed to be shock troopers or different? Uh, I, they're nothing that some guy posted something called like they're called like dark troopers from the expanded universe or something. I don't know, but they kind of look like that. I don't think we know exactly what they Star are. Star Wars Explained has a whole video on it. You can go check okay. out. Um, that guy's a nerd. <laughs> hey, but you know what? Just really quickly. You guys know this. I think you guys know this. Scout troopers are my favorite troopers. And I was so stoked to see them oh, yeah. on the speeder bikes. Yeah. I was like, dude, this is like all this shit. This just like touched all the little, it checked all the boxes for me. Wow. That was probably the best action sequence of the show. Oh, yeah. yeah. I think uh, I think they gave Carl Weathers all the toys. Carl Weathers dude. fucking rocked bro, it. Bro. Rocking this episode. Bro, they gave him all the toys. He did it. I also like we don't have to like let's not get too in depth in it. We can talk about it another time, but I definitely think it also actually kind of works as a backdoor pilot. Uh I don't think that that's what it is, but I I know a lot of people think that. You think you you're 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 referring to like the Rebel Alliance medallion like place that her I, I think between that and sort of policing that town and and whatnot i think what it does is it leaves the door i'm not saying that it's going to happen she's not getting no pilot now <laughs> no i think i think that maybe there was a possibility of of seeing then also with carl weathers as a part of it maybe i don't know but well, let's not get too into the the weeds on that uh Here's what i, I thoroughly enjoyed it out of that episode yeah it was did. great I, I i yeah i i don't mean to uh uh to be the voice of dissent but i would say there's not a chance in hell we're getting <laughs> that backdoor pilot now uh i will say this um 
uh, Matt Martin and Amanda Jean came over to watch uh, Scrooged over the weekend in the backyard at a socially distanced movie night. And I said, I leaned over to Matt. We were talking about, we always talk about the episode that week. And I said, man, that episode of Amanda was great. He goes, oh, did you like it? And I went, yeah, man, Carl Weathers directed the shit out of that. And I went, I bet that's not a sentence we ever thought we'd say about Star Wars. Man, Carl Weathers directed the shit out of that Seriously. episode of Star Wars TV. That's what makes that episode so kick-ass. All yeah. right. Now, we're we're supposed to be having a minty freshness, and we got distracted with all this entertainment my news. Bad. My bad. Sorry. Come on, man. I'm trying to keep this shit minty fresh. Hey, let's get on task, boys. We are not on task. We're 30 minutes in, and we have a big-ass list to make right let's now. Let's go. Let's go. Nothing says Minty Freshmas. Nothing says Holiday Cheer like Thursday, like Thursday, like November at the movie theater seeing the new Pixar movie. We are going to be making a list of our top five Pixar movies. I have been so excited to have this conversation when we started talking about doing this episode. Pixar, specifically Pixar and Disney's relationship is probably my favorite overall studio in the entertainment industry. I think as a as a company, they have put out more movies that I love deep in my soul than any other. I love Lucasfilm. I love Star Wars, but I was, oh man, I would have been eight years old or nine years old when Toy Story 1 came out. And it just, ever since then, I've seen every, I think I was telling you guys where we started the show. I've seen every single Pixar movie on the first day, the first showing. I just love it. It's everything that I love about movies, and I'm really excited to talk to it about you with you guys. Uh, before we get into it, you guys all know the rules. We each bring we each bring uh, uh, our favorite movie to the list, and then we kind of talk about potentially make the most uh, ultimate list. But I doubt we're going to do this because this all all this is so lights out. We all know Pixar movies are amazing, but we're going to do something a little different today. Let's get into some honorable mentions now. Before any Pixar movie starts you know they've got the shorts, Pixar shorts. It's what they were known for before going into the movies. Let's start with Cisco. Cisco, you got any Pixar shorts that stick out to you? I actually do. And you know what? Um, this is a tough one because I don't know all the shorts. Um, the shorts are really key for when you're watching the movie in the theater. And I didn't get to see... a all of these Pixar movies in the theater. And so if I have it on DVD or Blu-ray and I took the time to actually watch the short, then I'll remember it. But I do have a couple, a few listed that really resonated with me. And I thought of immediately when I saw the, let's think of shorts, honorable mentions. So the first one is so cute. And I think like anybody who remembers seeing this will probably agree that partly cloudy is just uh a really like sweet um, short. It's the one where the clouds the and storks, the storks, right? And they yes. make like the little things out of their cloud, the little babies, and they go deliver. Oh, yes. classic. The babies are made 
I believe the babies are made from a little puff of cloud and then the storks deliver them. Something like that. Yep. So partly cloudy. I love a lot. Lava, which is just awesome. I mean, it's lava another... is on my list as well. Same. Lava is so good. And then this one is one that I didn't get to see in the theaters. And I'm and now I'm starting to think maybe it wasn't even a Pixar short because it's not on, attached to a Pixar movie, but uh, it's a short regardless. And I love it. It's called Inner Workings. Um, and it's on the Blu-ray for... Um, for Moana, so it might not be a Pixar short, but it's probably it's- not a Pixar short if it's on with Moana. But fuck it, doesn't matter, man. It's all Disney magic, baby. Dude, Inner Workings is fucking cool, and maybe it makes no sense to even re- include it in this list, but I still like it. It's like it was made by this dude who is Japanese and Brazilian, Japanese from Brazil, and uh, it's about this guy who's like an office worker drone kind of guy, and you know, he's just in his day-to-day mundane life, like, you know, stop doing his routine to get to his office and, you know, key away at his computer. But then he's always kind of like drawn to surfing and like that kind of shit, you know, so beach life. And so in his brain, you see the inner machinations of his, like his brain doing something and then his stomach does something. And like his organs are like guiding him to try and go do surfing and have fun and like enjoy life. And it's a really cool, uh, really cool short. It's awesome. Steve-O, what about you? Got any shorts that stick out? It's so funny because when I, I ended up not seeing this when I first looked at the show notes, and then all of a sudden I saw it and went, shit. And I started thinking about it. And immediately, like, and I and forgive me, I don't remember the movies that they all opened for, but the ones that just all immediately came to mind, the three were Lava, which we, we mentioned were on all three of our list. Um, Piper, the, the, the one on the beach with the, the little bird. The little bird, yep. yeah. And then... Um, the for the birds one i i have vivid memories i think of seeing that before monsters inc yeah i don't remember uh which ones for the birds might have i i get for the birds gerald's game gerald's game yeah uh confused as to which one because that those are also so far stretched apart those were like two three years apart that those movies were coming out and i it the best part is you can go on Disney Plus and you can watch oh, yeah. any any Pixar short. I used to buy I had the DVDs of the Pixar shorts and I would watch them. I had La, La Luna on mine. I don't think which I've is seen La Luna. I the little girl with the lanterns. Oh, it's beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, La Luna's amazing. I have Lava as well, but my favorite one is Lou, which is actually about all the things in the Lost and Found that come to life and like beat up like basically beat up a bully and get him to give back all the stuff that he took from the kids i love i love lou Do sarah think- had go ahead cisco sorry sorry finish your story no i say sarah had never seen it and she's like which one's lou and i played it and we we're just like Man, we suck at what we do. This is so amazing. <laughs> right. Like it's like Pixar just makes you feel like you're just not good at what you do because they're so good at it. What were you gonna say, Cisco? Do you guys remember what movie Riley's first date was atta- was attached to? Was it Inside Out? Uh, Riley's first date is just an individual short that came out. I think it came out with the Inside Inside Out DVD. Right. Okay. So it wasn't yeah. like the the short that um that precedes the movie. If it is, it would be with like Cars Two or something, right? Like right, one right. Of the, like yeah. or Cars Three, like a weird, I don't know, uh, a random one. I but Riley's first uh, date is great. Yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's included on the the um, the, the, the home release. Uh, it actually originally premiered at the D twenty three Expo. Ah, uh, okay, gotcha. 
All right. So we all know how this works. We are going to be bringing our ultimate Pixar list together. Uh, I'm excited. I get real passionate about Pixar. It's one of the, one of the students. I know Cisco and I have had real feuds about this. Not, not like actual coming to blows I think over your Pixar. Guy, I think your guys is like, I mean, you guys haven't had a many or anything, but I think your guys' first real debate was about a, was about, was some about Pixar a Pixar movies. movie. And, the, and two I, big it was, it was the first were, time. It was the first time in the in the the closet where I was like, "Ooh, you want to open that door? It's a little hot." Like, legit, it's not I me this two time. Biggest, the two biggest debates we've had were about Pixar movies and The Matrix. <laughs> That's it. We'll talk about The Matrix eventually. Oh yeah. I'm, all I was saying is that this fashion hey, hey, looks this weird. Is, this is this is Pixar. <laughs> this is Pixar. All right. Save all that right, for another Pixar. day. Pixar, Cisco. All right, you open us up, Mr. Pixar man. You open us up with your number five. Yo, this was a hard list to make. I just got to qualify this because I really do love all of the Pixar movies except for the Cars franchise. That's all I'm going to say. So my number five is I probably had this as my number one for a very, very long time. My favorite Pixar movie. And then it's just been outdone by other stuff since then. But The Incredibles. The Incredibles is a movie that I never thought I'd be able to see. It was a comic book come to life and doing it in such a fun and respectful way, doing superheroes in a way that is that just felt genuine and authentic. And I just, man, The Incredibles was, it blew my mind, to be honest with you. I just couldn't believe it. Um, and like I said, it was it was my favorite Pixar movie for a very, very long time. I believe it was a Thanksgiving release in 2004, I believe. Because I know that I saw it at the AMC in Santa Monica. It was one of the first movies I saw when I moved to Los Angeles. And I remember loving it the first time I saw it. I was like, dude, this movie's amazing. And I think, you know, Incredibles is kind of one of those ones that got so big that you saw so much so much incredible stuff like I, I i laugh because that was when it was really popular to drive suvs with the little screens in the back headrest and you'd know when they had a kid in the back because fucking incredibles was playing in the car it's true. like no joke dude on the great everywhere vine. Everywhere on the grapevines, like they're watching fucking Incredibles, man. Like everybody, yeah. everybody was watching Incredibles in their car. It was like the ultimate. I have a kid, and I need them distracted while I'm driving. Movie. Uh, it came Steve out Re November fifth, two thousand four. November fifth, two thousand. See, baby, I told you guys yeah. I like Pixar. I even remember when the years they came out. I don't know any of that shit. Dude, uh, and then on top of that, so I think it was in two thousand five was when I got to do the tour of Pixar. When we walked mm. into the lobby of Pixar, there was a giant display. Right when you walk in through the glass doors, an enormous display of life-size maquettes of all of the Incredibles. So giant statues of the, the main Incredible cast. And then behind it was a sort of like a, a cutout of uh, Syndrome and the robot. So it was enormous. And I walked into the <laughs> Pixar lobby and I was just like, what the fuck? And I was like, I got to get pictures with all of these characters. And I did. And I was like dwarf by Mr. Incredible. And uh, I'm like as tall as, um, ah, God damn it. And I'm pulling a blank on her name, but the daughter, um, is her name Ivy? Not Ivy. 
the the daughter in Incredibles. Yeah, the daughter in Incredibles. Is it Olive? Violet? Olive. Is it Olive? Or Vi- Violet? It's Violet. I think it's Violet. Violet. It's Violet. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm um, like, I think she was as tall as I was. <laughs> I was like 27 at the time, and I'm like, dude, this is just the coolest experience. So, dude, everything about the Incredibles, I just absolutely love. So, yeah. Great pick. Solid. Great pick. I think. Solid. I think you're you're you are the only one who has Incredibles. So at number five, you bring Incredibles to the party. Now, I know that number five, Steve and I have the exact same movie on our list. So, Steve, why don't you do the honors? So it's weird because sometimes I would say this is my number one Pixar movie. So, like, I can't – it's really hard to, to, to rank these ones for me. But I have just a love and an affinity for Monsters, Inc. Um, since the, the moment I saw it in theaters, it's, it's one of, like – I don't own all the Pixar movies, but that is one I always, no matter the format, I buy um, because I watch that movie so much. I just, I love it. I love the music in it. I love um, the concept of it all. Um, I don't know. Plus John Goodman, Billy Crystal, Steve Buscemi, you know, you can't go wrong. It is a, uh, it's a pretty lights out movie. It's uh, conceptually fucking perfect. Structurally, it's perfect. It is funny. It's heartfelt. It's all the things that I would consider to be Pixar's main ingredients. Monsters, Inc. is where they really started to find that Pixar mojo. It kind of, and Obviously, Toy Story is incredible, right? Bugs Life is, is good. I know we're going to talk about both those movies on this list, but there's something very specifically, because they do Toy Story 2, and then I think they go into Monsters, Inc., if I'm not correct. So it goes yes. Toy Story, Bugs Life, Toy Story 2, Monsters Inc. And there's something about Monsters Inc. kind of being that this is our new original idea and it's just so strong. It's when you started to realize, oh, this isn't a flash in the pan studio. A lot of these movies are going to be very, very good. I think Monsters Inc. is the first one where everybody collectively kind of went, oh, we need to watch every Pixar movie that comes out. Like, they're going to be really good. Because Toy Story 2 is great. Bugs Life is great. Obviously, Toy Story 1 is a masterpiece. But like any other studio, you'd kind of expect them to just kind of fall into, great, we're just making fun animated movies, but they didn't. They kept pushing themselves. They kept pushing the technology. I mean, Monsters, Inc., I remember, was this big deal about fur. Remember, it was like, wait till you see Sully's fur. The fur and the hair look so good. And that movie is just... I, I think I was a junior in high. When did, do you have the year when that came out, Steve? Do you know? And I guess two thousand. I, 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 I think yes, two thousand two. I think it's two thousand three. It came out in two thousand. Two thousand. Two thousand. Oh, maybe monster. Oh, Finding Nemo is two thousand three. Then, so it comes out the year two thousand. I would have been a freshman in high school. I'm fairly Sorry, certain. Two thousand one. Two thousand one. Okay, so I would have been a sophomore in high school. I think that, interesting. Is it November? Yeah, November second, two thousand one. Interesting. So that's two months after 9-11. Less than a month after. Yeah. 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 Months, about yeah. about two months after 9-11. And I think there's something really to be said about a story like Monsters, Inc. and a movie like Monsters, Inc. coming out after that kind of collective cultural moment in the United States. Like, I remember watching that movie in the theater and having a very visceral reaction. I have uh, most of my memories of watching movies as a kid. I leave there going, that's what I want to do. That's always like all of my favorite movies I saw in the theater. That is the most profound feeling I always have coming from it. And I very vividly remember having that with Monsters, Inc. I remember that laughter, the fact that laughter was actually the the cure for fear 
resonated right. with someone who just wanted to make people laugh for their the rest of their life. Like it just really spoke to me uh, on, a, on a on a different level as a viewer at that age. Like obviously a sophomore in high school normally would be way too fucking cool to go like a Pixar movie. But I just I saw that movie maybe four or five times in the theater. Absolutely stellar choice. I'm with you 100 percent, Steve. Great movie. You know what's funny, Alex? Now that you were talking about it in this context, I didn't even realize that it had come out so close to 9-11. And the, the sort of poignancy of that story at that time, no one could have predicted it. I mean, they were making that movie for probably five years before it got released. You never hmm. would have thought that the ultimate solution to fear is laughter and happiness would play so poignantly in November of 2001 based on what we had just experienced. I mean, that that actually made me a little emotional right now just hearing you talk about it that way. That's like a, a thing that happens with good art, right? Is it fuses, fuses with what's happening culturally and what's happening with everybody individually, right? That's why like Truly, you can never tell somebody that something's not good that they like because you don't understand the chemistry in right. which they took that in. Right. Great example is Rad, right? That movie is terrible. We yeah. all love it because right. the chemistry was right when we saw it. And Monsters, Inc. is a good example for me of that chemistry. And I think it's a good example for a lot of people. Hence why it just resonated with you, Cisco. So, that, I mean, it sounds silly, but that's what makes these movies timeless. No, and... I mean, I obviously am older than both of you guys, and so my my relationship with a lot of these movies is so different. And and I've been able to sort of dissect it a little bit over the the last couple of years because my oldest daughter is really fallen in love with a bunch of these movies, and Monster Inc. is one of the ones that she watches the most out of pretty much any animated movie. And so it has become one of the ones that I love again you know i loved it when it came out but i have an even deeper appreciation for it now because of how much she loves it and so uh it was one of those movies that like because my brother i have a, a younger brother who's 15 years younger than me who we would quote this movie all the time he always loved Roz and thought Roz was so funny and mm -hmm. so he had this thing about just saying i'm watching you wazowski it was like oh <laughs> he's watching and as a little kid he would just like say it randomly and so now as adults you know he's like 27 years old and we'll like just randomly say that to each other and my wife always just laughs she's just like you guys are so weird with your movie <laughs> quotes and stuff and i'm like it's just that's us that's us love it all right cisco take us into your number four pick so my number four pick was the movie that Alex and I debated about. Yes. And when it came out, well, let me just say it. The movie, my number four movie is Inside Out. Inside Out, I think might be the first Pixar movie that my wife and I saw together in the theater. And mm. I think she might have been pregnant when it came out. Do you, do you oh, that now talk about chemistry. Keep it going, baby. Yeah. Go, Cisco. <laughs> Go, baby. So what what year did it come out? Uh Stand, man, that would have been like uh, maybe 2012. Incoming. No, no, later than later on that. Like 2000, if 2015. It's, if it's 2015 or 16, she was pregnant. 2015, the exact November. Date 2015. Was, November. Nope, this was June 19th. Oh, this is a this is a summer one. It's a summer one. Yeah. So check this out. 
we had just found out that she was pregnant. Oh, chemistry, oh, oh. baby. Chemistry, baby. We got married in March of 2015 and then <laughs> basically found out in June that she was pregnant. So, yes. <laughs> and That's on a top weird of that, sound for pregnancy. <laughs> okay, so and on top of this all, I, I don't think many of our listeners probably know this much about my my personal life, but my wife is a neuropsychologist, so she deals a lot with emotions and uh, mental health and things like that. So the way she interpreted this movie impacted me a lot because we discussed it a lot after Hmm. it came out. And so one of the big things that she was talking about was just like, this is exactly how you talk to people about mental health. You know what I mean? Like how mental, you just, especially for children, you know what I mean? When you're trying to um, explain emotion, emotional health and, um, how to deal with your emotions um, positively is like this is sort of like a really unique and interesting way of doing that. Anyway, so that made me really love it and become really attached to it. And again, like I just thought it was so good. And dude, n- no lie, Riley was the name of our kid, our kid, our like gestating baby for a long time until mm-hmm. we landed on Lana. So yeah, dude. Inside Out is up there for us. I just rewatched it uh, about a week ago, prepping for this. I was like, I need to watch Inside Out because it's all it's like right on the fringe for me in my top five. I absolutely love the entire Riley storyline, and I love the joy and sadness stuff. And I think one of the things that Pixar does so well is like when they're fearlessly sentimental, they're like, we're going all in, right? Like first five minutes of up. As, give me all that as much as you like. Give me all that. Where where Inside Out started to lose me a little bit is it kind of had the up syndrome in that like Bing Bong was really sad, but like there was some sort of like silliness in there. And I was just like, I know for me at the time, I remember being like, this movie's almost perfect, but it really is in that rewatch. It's so good. You're a thousand percent right. It is such a good movie. It's totally worthy of number four on this list. It's fantastic. What about you, Steve? You big inside out guy? Uh, yeah. You know, I recently tried putting it on. Um, and I think it's, uh, I think Harper is right now. Harper has an easier time watching things like monsters, Inc. And, and toy story, toy story, especially and Nemo. Um, but this one, I think, I don't know. Obviously she's, not comprehending it, but um, I really like Inside Out, and um, it's a great I've, en- movie. I've enjoyed the the moments I've been able to sort of pop it back in and 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 check it out for a little bit here and there. So solid. One of the best, well. one of the best Thomas Newman music cues is free skating, where she's like Riley goes to sleep and then Joy's like I'm gonna give her a good dream, and then it's her skating right. and it goes that. Like that, like, oh my God, I get emotional thinking about when Pixar is like perfect, it can't be, it truly can't be like when everything is resonating and Inside Out has a lot of those moments, moments where it's resonating, it's just perfect. Yeah. Great choice, Cisco. All right, Steve, I'm going to take our, our number four here because once again, we match. Steve and I are we're, our cycles are in sync for Pixar. <laughs> we're in sync. Uh, you know, I think it's pretty impossible to not include this movie 
uh, on a best of Pixar list because I think it might be one of the best movies ever made. Uh, and that's Finding Nemo. I think this movie is just, it, it takes what Monsters, it, it like, it takes what Monsters Inc. like was walk. What, what is it? What's the phrase? It's like Monsters Inc. walked so Finding Nemo could run. <laughs> like it really started to like, you started to go, oh shit. This studio's really, really good when Finding Nemo came out. Uh, I have a great relationship with my father. And I saw it with him. And I talk about the chemistry, everything aligning. I remember this moment where I loved it. Uh, I think I was a junior in high school when this came out. I also remember the, I believe the Attack of the Clones trailer, right? Came out. Or was it the Revenge of the Sith trailer came out? One uh, of them came, came out, out May 30th, 2003. 2003. So it would have been Revenge of the Sith. Revenge of the Sith, the first trailer uh, for no, Revenge. No, 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 no. It would have been um Oh god, no. It it had to have been Attack of the Clones. I don't remember, but I I thought a, a Star Wars trailer well, played no, before. It's not maybe Attack it was Attack of the Clones either cuz that's 2002. Maybe it was I think it was Monsters Inc. Anyway, it doesn't it doesn't matter. It doesn't okay. matter. It doesn't matter. Uh but I remember watching that movie with my dad and I have a great relationship with my father and that made me love it even more. However, my father does not have a good relationship with his dad and my dad hated it. He hated that movie. And I remember we left the theater. It was me, my mom, my dad. And I was like, Oh my God, that movie was so amazing. I loved it. I love that movie. Dad, it was so good. And he was like, eh. And I remember going to my mom. I was like, dad didn't like it. It was amazing. <laughs> and, and and all my mom said is like, your your dad gets complicated with father stuff. And I remember in that moment, I was like, that's interesting to me. You know, you're, you're, I'm only you know 14 at the time, but just sort of clocking a more, speaking of inside out, a more complex emotion, right? That somebody can watch something and have a joyous experience with it while the other person is having the exact opposite experience sure. that whole time. And Finding Nemo will always live in that moment for me, that like weird duality of watching a movie like that. Great, great fucking movie. Steve, thoughts on Finding Nemo? Love it. Absolutely love it. It's also, uh, you know, like you said, we're cycling together. Um, I love this movie. The more and more, I, this movie's been on in my house so much the last couple of months. And I don't get tired of hearing it. I don't get tired of seeing it. Um, I constantly am calling my daughter shark bait. Um, I don't shark know. Bait. Ooh, yeah. ooh, I love it. I love this movie. I love every scene in this movie. Um, you know, and this is one of those ones where I was me being, you know, an asshole. I was, I was, you know, it was 2003. I was, I don't know, 21. I, I remember seeing the casting for it and, and Ellen DeGeneres. And for whatever reason, I was like, nope. And so I didn't <laughs> Yeah, Ellen Ellen really gets you fired I was like, up. I was like, nope. Um, and I didn't watch it until um way later where I it might have been Amber. Um we were hanging out with a a friend of hers who had like a, a little boy and he had put it on and I don't know, I really, really enjoyed it. Really loved this movie. It's a fucking stellar Pixar movie. I mean, this is part of their run, right? Like if you were talking about like the 96 Bulls, this is kind of Pixar's infamous run, this like 10-year stretch. Uh, all right, so let's, get, let's take it to Steve's number three. 
Steve, what's number, your number three? Number three, you know, this is not on anyone's list ever, I don't think, for Pixar, but I have fond memories of Bugs Life. Um, I almost think I liked, I, I'm, I'm, I might be the only person that was bummed that the Bugs Life land at California Adventure is gone. Um, that was one <laughs> of my favorite things to just kind of walk through, and that could just be because... I don't know. It's nice to feel small sometimes when you when you when you're me. When you're big. Um, <laughs> um, That's a Pixar short. Either that or either right. that or I just have fond memories of of wanting to be in Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I love this movie, but I also, upon rewatching it recently, um, this is the one that feels the most sort of DreamWorks to me, in a weird way. And- I think because it came out close to the other Ants, one. Ants. Ants. Yeah. And yeah. that was a DreamWorks movie, I think, right? No, yeah, it was. Yeah. So, but no, I enjoy this movie, you know, Dave Foley. Uh, it was a little weird. I was I was making dinner the other night, and it was on in the background, and I heard Kevin Spacey's voice, and I was like, Kevin Spacey? Ooh. <laughs> e. uh, maybe we shouldn't be watching this. Um, not him. It's okay. I know, I know. And it's he's the villain. And he's yeah. a villain, but he's but yeah. Anyways, this doesn't need to be a Kevin Spacey talk. Um, I thoroughly enjoy Bugs Life. Um, I know it's not on your guys' list or anything, but I think it's an honorable mention of a movie. I think that Bugs Life has the unfortunate task of coming after Toy Story. Yeah, <laughs> like everybody think, was expecting the greatest movie of all time. I think to call it an honorable mention is almost disrespectful. You know what I mean? I think that like. If anything, Cars two probably or Cars three ends up on that list. Like, I've never seen any of the Cars movies. Cars one is well, whatever. We're not going to talk about that. But it, anyway, <laughs> A Bug's Life is good. You know what I mean? Like, is it the greatest Pixar movie ever? Probably not. But it's so fun. And what rewatching it, I watched it for the first time in a very long time, maybe a year ago. And I was like, oh, I remember why I like this movie and why my brother liked this movie. You know, because he was little. And um, him having the Heimlich toy and like, you know, all this stuff. I was just like, I remember why this is such a fun movie. It's not as emotionally resonant as Toy Story 1 or Monsters, Inc. or Finding Nemo, obviously. But, you know, it's still a solid movie. It is absolutely a solid movie, and it deserves to be on the list. I'm proud of you for picking Bugs Life, Steve. You feel like you just want to be a tiny bug. That's okay. I just want to know what it's like to be small. Chemistry, baby. Speaking of what it's like to be small, (laughs) my number three is, I think this is one of the most slept on Pixar movies. You don't hear a lot of people talk about it, and then when you say it, they all go, oh, yeah, that one. And that is Ratatouille. Ratatouille is awesome. It actually, by this point, my three, two, and one, it's really close. Like it, it, it gets neck and neck here. Ratatouille is my wife and I bonded over that movie when we first started dating. She was like, Oh, I love Ratatouille, but I only really saw it that one time. And I remember I turned it back on and we just were watching. It's like, this movie is incredible. It's beautiful to look at. It definitely was a big jump in the quality. I believe it's right after Incredibles and Incredibles kind of has that like smooth kind of really like uh, uh, kind of that like weird mid-century modern kind of like sleek vibe. And then Ratatouille goes totally organic and just like Paris 
and natural lighting and the reflections of the wet streets. And you just like want to be in the kitchen. I don't even like cooking. I want to be a cooking rat, like ratatouille. I feel like, I feel like Remy. I just want to, that's all I want to be is I just want to be somebody that gets like to do what they love. I don't even want the credit. I just want to be able to do what I love. And ratatouille is man. Oh man. I just love, love that movie. It, Every time I go to Paris, I watch Ratatouille on my laptop. Buddy, in the hotel. You next, got it. Next time you go to Paris, you can eat at Bistro Cesareme at Disneyland Paris. Yeah, we didn't get to go last time because we were like we're in Paris and we live in like, LA we and we can like go to Disneyland anytime. Yeah, well, we can go to Disneyland anytime. I probably shouldn't fly all the way to Paris and go right to Disneyland. But now that COVID's happened, you better bet your fucking ass I'm going to Paris Disney when I can. I'm doing all the Disney parks whenever <laughs> I want. I don't care. Ratatouille is amazing. And I was just uh, watching the Imagineer story, and they were talking about how Ratatouille saved uh, Disneyland Paris. It was a big thing for them. It was like, oh, Ratatouille. Like It was a big, oh, we have Ratatouille, and suddenly like – the Parisians welcome. It was like an acceptance of their Disney recognized Parisian culture. And they were like, okay, cool. We're cool with you now. At first we weren't. And now you brought Ratatouille. We like that. We like that little rat, little Remy. So Ratatouille is a big one for me. Love that movie. Maybe I'll watch that tonight after the show. All right, Cisco, your number three is also Steve and I's number two. So all three of us are going to talk about this next movie. What's this next movie, Steve? Cisco, uh, I'm not surprised that it's your number two because it was my favorite Pixar movie again when it, when after watching it, and it's Toy Story three. Toy Ooh. Story three fucked me up. That is a got me. <laughs> I don't know how else to say it. I just like I didn't expect it to hit me emotionally because Toy Story two did not. You know, I love Toy Story two, and Toy Story two is probably the one that I've watched the most. It's the one that. Uh, my our four year old really really likes. I mean, she loves um Jesse. She loves Jesse, so she just like she just really likes Toy Story two for whatever reason. And whenever we try to watch three, she's just kind of not into it. But man, three really really got me, and um for probably obvious reasons that we'll talk about. But I love Toy Story three. I love that uh it felt like the perfect way to end the franchise and. You know, that's not to say that Toy Story 4 is bad or that I don't like it because I actually really do like it. And, you know, I was happily surprised by how much I like Toy Story 4, Toy Story 4. But Toy Story 3 felt like the perfect ending. And if it had ended that way, I don't think that anybody would have felt ripped off by that. Yeah. What about you, Steve? What are your thoughts on Toy Story 3? Oh, it's the same thing. I think it's there's a there's a strong re- uh, I, I definitely resonate with Toy Story 3 a lot and sort of the story of it um with with andy and and everything um i think also i just remember being really nervous when it was coming out because i was just like it's been it's been a little it's been like 11 years 10 years and uh, like we we were good with toy story one and two and like i don't know and then they when they just beautifully stuck the landing um i was i don't know i loved it i think it's great you know, and again, Toy Story Four was was one of those things where I was like, guys, we ended this so perfectly. We really don't. And then it was just Toy Two Thousand. Uh, Toy Story Four was just a nice surprise as well. That was like, okay, okay. 
So I think they've done a really good job with the franchise overall and um, Toy Story 3, but it's just, it was, it's damn near perfect. Yeah, the last 45 minutes of Toy Story 3 are uh, maybe one of the best third acts in a movie ever. You're just like on the edge of your seat the whole time because they do kind of the Pixar fake out on you because you start to think, Oh, they're going to do it. Pixar has the, like, I know that they have the courage to do what they're about to do. Like, holy shit. Does this end this way? No way. Like, it can't like it. I know because, because, and this is what I'm going to say. This is kind of what, why, why Toy Story 3 to me is so high on my list at two, which is Toy Story 3 takes the magic of Toy Story 1 and infuses the storytelling elements that Pixar had started to develop over the last 10, 15 years. So you start getting some of that like up, the, the quality that Up has, the quality that Wally has, the quality that Ratatouille has, the quality that Inside Out would eventually have, Monsters Inc. Have. They really, and now Toy Story 1 has that, and we'll talk about some of those moments in it, but like Toy Story 3 beautifully encompasses kind of the Pixar mission statement to me, what I consider to be a Pixar movie. And it's the only one that I didn't see on the first day because I was touring on the cruise ships with second city. I was, I couldn't, I couldn't go. And I remember the moment I got back into Los Angeles, my buddy Brian and I went to the dollar theater on, um, in the Valley on theater. On Magnolia Boulevard, over across from the strip club, like you turn into that weird cul-de-sac. It's over by by the the Tiki Bar. Yeah, the 170, like right off the 170. Yeah. And we went and we watched it for one buck. It was the first thing I did. I watched Toy Story 3 and then I watched Inception. They didn't have it on the boat, huh? No, it was playing in Bermuda, but the movie theater in Bermuda had lawn chairs and it was like basically a TV screen. It was like a TV projector. And I was like, I got a, I saw the only movie I saw in Bermuda was the other guys, <laughs> the, uh, the Will Ferrell, Mark Wahlberg. Uh, right. that's what that, that's what that movie's called. Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. So I was like, is it good to my buddy, Brian? He's like, Al, we got to go see it. He just like knew because he knows he's my best friend. He was like, Alex is going to go bananas for this movie. We went down, we watched it, and this, it just like tears down the face. Loved it. Loved every second of it. Great pick. I definitely think that it's worthy of the number three for Cisco, number two for us. All right, Cisco, your number two is my number one. Go for it. So speaking of tears, <laughs> I don't think I ever would have expected to be as emotional in a movie about a couple of robots. And my number two pick is Wally. Wally. Out there, there's a world outside of Yonkers. <laughs> Dude, <laughs> the music in Wally is so good. So, you know, so far what we've been talking about are. Pixar has done the perfect thing, which is by staying separate from Disney, by staying non-musical, right? But having great music, all kinds of great musical cues and original scores and all kinds of stuff like that. But man, this one really utilized that like old world sound, but in the future in a really interesting way. And 
the part that always just wrecks me in in like not a like I'm gonna cry away, but in like a just like I get super happy when I whenever it happens is when him and Eve are dancing outside in space and computer like, define dancing. Yeah. Right. And so like when when our four year old was obsessed with Wally and watching it nonstop every day, I I would watch it because I was super into it, but I would always just wait for the moment when they were when he was um no, this is outside. So the, when he's when he's got the fire extinguisher and they're dancing outside mm -hmm. of the the in yeah. space, and I'm just like, I get super like my heart gets starts to beat really fast, and I'm just like, I can't wait for it to happen. And it happens, man. I fucking love Wally so much, dude. That movie is so great, and it's got all of the like the the messaging that like Pixar movies would eventually get to, where they were you know is trying to get a message across, which never bothers me, but it was done in a way that wasn't annoying or overhanded or heavy handed. Maybe is probably a better word, but uh, overdone. And it was just, it's a beautiful movie, man. It's wonderful. I love it. To me, it's so the, uh, spike. Ahead, it, to me, it's the spike Jones of Pixar movies. <laughs> it's a funny way to put it. It is. Um, it's probably it's, I know it's my, my top 10 movies fluctuate, but Wally is always on it. Wally is always uh, in my top, my top five, definitely my top 10. Uh, I remember the trailer. The trailer was so cool because it was all of the Pixar executive producers talking. And they basically were like, we came up with Toy Story and Bugs Life. And they were big hits. And there was one meeting where we sat down and we talked about Toy Story 2. We talked about Monsters, Inc. We talked about Nemo and then we talked about this guy and it just like showed a drawing of Wally. And this is a movie that is like 15 years in the making or something. And then he just kind of comes out and looks up at the sky. And I remember his eyes kind of focused and you saw the, you saw the, like the stars in his eye. And then it just went up to the stars and he just went Wally. And I instantly knew I was like, I'm going to love this movie. It's going to be one of the greatest movies of all time. And I was like counting the seconds to see it. And the moment I saw that theater fucking sat in that theater and it went out there and you saw the, the like galaxy. I was so sold. I think it is a beautiful animated movie because it has to be animated. Right. That's the other thing. Like Pixar does this thing where their movies truly have to be animated you know there's a lot of like wreck it ralph's great it doesn't have to really be animated it could be cg with actors they're mostly humanoids but these these like pixar movies or, or a good example of uh, a movie that has to be animated is something like finding nemo right that has to be animated and pixar wally that first 35 minutes they're used they're using animation at its finest by making you fall in love with robots that aren't even talking. They're just using music. It's old school. It's fucking Mickey Mouse. It's Walt Disney. It literally is the art form. It's moving drawings to music and you're falling in love with these characters. And, and I think this was the conversation we were having Cisco. What the movie does so well is you don't realize all of the profound messages that it's giving to you at once.
right it's, it's telling you so many things by saying so little it, it's not talking at all i remember in the theater the theater tears rolling down my eyes when he finds the plant because i realized what the movie was about right there i was like oh my god it's going to be about him protecting life like this robot on this trash planet that we've created and we don't need to get political on the show but like it just resonated with me so strongly and this movie is so good from start to finish fred willard with the with the human cameo like it's just bold they just put live action in. they were like fuck it it's so, so weird good. and like out of like out of nowhere but just awesome it's so yeah. great yeah I love it. I I I'll, I can I can gush about. We do a we'll do a Wally Midnight Movie Club at some point. But Wally Jeff is Green is that as the captain? Jeff, Jeff Garland, yeah. As Jeff the Garland, captain. sorry, yeah. yeah. He's um, Jeff Green it, on Car- on Curb Enthusiasm, right? Yes, he's Jeff Green on <laughs> Curb <Curry> Enthusiasm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's just like, you know, it it has a lot to say about the human condition, and ironically, it's being told by these little adorable robots, and that's what that movie does really well. And I think it really cements. Pixar as like that when that movie came out it was official they were the best this is a weird thing but for some reason I always stick through this like I I, you know I I like watching um um, end credits in movies but I think this of all the Pixar movies is my favorite of the end credits Mm -hmm. because it continues the story in a really cool way it's incredible. And, it's the all the different styles of art through the generations, right? Starts yeah, but K-drum. done in like a really cool, like hieroglyphic almost style. Like, oh man, I I can't stop thinking about Wally all the time. And um, whenever my one of my daughters wants to watch it, I'm just stoked because I'm like, let's do this, man. I'm I'm down for another Wally watch always. It really is a beautiful movie to look at. St- Steve, your thoughts on Wally before we move into your guys' one in- number ones? You know, I wish I could could I wish I could be as beautiful and poignant as both of you guys were about Wally. I remember seeing it in theaters. I remember liking it. I think I've seen it one time on on home video. It's one I'm going to definitely be re- revisiting now after listening to you guys talk about it. So, watch it, dude. You're going to tech just do me a favor. Just do the activity that makes movies pop, and dude, you're gonna you're gonna text me like, oh my gosh, this movie, bro. It All also, right. To be Go honest ahead. with you, as a as a father, it might also be even worth just waiting for, yeah, Harper to be the be the one to be like, oh, I'm into Wally now, and then like kind of find it through her. You could do that, you know. All whatever, right. no rush. All right, no rush. All right, I like it. I like it. All right. Uh, we'll, we're gonna, we'll, let's do Cisco's number one and then we'll do Steve's number one. Cisco, what is your number one? My number one is the Pixar movie that I've welled up the most in and like get emotional the most in every time we watch it. It's also the one that I try to get my kids to watch the most because I want to watch it and they never want to. They're like not as into it as I am. <laughs> um, but my number one is Coco, dude. Straight up. It's not even really close, to be honest with you, anymore. Like, I love all of these other ones, and they're all really, really good. And on any given day, I can watch them. But if it if it was up to me and I had to watch one, it would always be Coco every single time. It does all the things you need a Pixar movie to do. It, it checks it does all, all the of boxes. It. it checks all the boxes. It's perfect. And it finally brought in the thing that I love 
when done well in a Disney animated movie into a Pixar movie, which is original music. Right. Mm. You know, it's a musical basically in, yeah. in a smaller way, you know, to the other ones, but well, it um, uses music as a really cool narrative device too. Yes. It's not that they just break into song. Yeah. The music ties to the narrative very poignantly, which like any good musical should do. Right. Like, yeah, it serves the a good story. Musical. Yes. So, um, what I loved about it, Cisco, and you can you can piggyback off what I'm about to say, but what I loved about it is that I learned something that I never understood, which is I never understood the traditions of Day of the Dead. Yeah. I truly just thought it was like Hispanic Halloween because that's how naive I was, right? And then watching that movie is like, this is incredible. Like the way that it just sort of like lays out the story, the profound like the dead passing on them coming to visit like that kind of, it's so beautiful. Uh, what was it like seeing a story like that told for you? Well, impactful is I guess the perfect word for it, but you know, it's interesting growing up. We didn't, because I grew up in a very Mexican American household, which is so different from a Mexican household. My, both of my parents were born here. Um, they grew up speaking English. And so we weren't as traditional in the sense of like, we didn't celebrate, Dia de los Muertos as much as, you know, other people did. Um, I, we, we were aware of it and obviously we knew what it meant, but it wasn't a tradition for us in the same way. For me, more than anything, it's the music and the, the style of the movie mm. that pays respect to my culture in a way that like, I almost never really expected to see in such a mainstream way. The last time that I, can really remember seeing something done like that was La Bamba, which was, I was a kid when that came out. Was that 84 or three or something like that? I don't know, but I was very young and La Bamba was a movie that like really embraced Mexican culture and Mexican American culture in um, a way that resonated with me. And Coco really took that to like the next level. Mm. And, um, and so my wife and I went to go see that uh, by ourselves um and immediately i was just like i can't that this is the movie like this is the movie that i feel like because i feel like such a kid at heart all the time that it really like knocked me for a loop in a weird way and it still does when i watch it yeah i i saw this one in the theater with sarah first day and i just was this one what really strikes me about coco is the beautiful use of color Right. The the colors in this movie are just like you want to talk about a reason to get a 4K OLED fucking TV. Oh, it I looks think I, so good. I think I actually said that to you, Cisco. I was like, bro, I'll get to watch Coco on my TV tonight. I was yeah. just like so stoked. The the colors uh-huh. in that movie are just it also plays in a similar color palette as Wally. A lot of those purples and oranges and like those really vibrant, vibrant, like almost space-like, like the lanterns say, floating. I was going to say Finding Nemo has a lot of that. that like yes. very, like almost um, neon incandescent right. lighting. Mm-hmm. And um, Coco really plays on that. So, you know, not all of the Pixar movies actually do that, you know, to they don't overdo it, I guess, is the right way to do it. But you know, when, when they get into the, the afterlife world, it's all gloves are off, man. And it looks amazing. Yeah. And obviously, you know, not to spoil the ending, because if you haven't seen Coco, watch it, but like 
the knockout punch. Oh yeah. At the end. I mean, it, it does. It's like reverse up Bro. <laughs> it comes in at the last yep. second. It's like, Double whammy. got you, got you, bitch. <laughs> it punches you right in the face. And then at the very end, Miguel sings this song called proud corazon that like, I like, I can't even think about it honestly without getting super emotional, but it's not even the song that like they do when they're, when they're doing the Coco tribute, you know, they do the like, um, Poco Loco or whatever, but proud corazon to me is the, what is the best song? (laughs) Oh yeah. when I hear Miguel singing it and like in the circumstance of the movie with it's surrounded by his family, I'm just like, dude, I get like, I can almost barely even watch the movie. I get too emotional watching it. Yeah, the when he's running around the family reunion singing and playing, it's just mm-hmm. like, oh, dude, it's done. Call it, yeah. wrap it up, put it like, get the Oscar, send it over, send it up to Northern <laughs> California. They're yeah. waiting for it. It was, it's, um, I we I think uh, absolutely. I to be honest with you, as we're talking more, I'm not gonna lie, because Coco and Monsters Inc were battling. They were battling on my list, and I think I pro- I might I might have even even swap it out after our talk. But I got to watch it again before I make such a bold move. All right, <laughs> Steve, number one, on buddy, just hit us with what's got to be number one on the Steve-O classic list, <laughs> buddy. What can I say? It's the one that started it all. <laughs> Sad, strange little man, and you have my pity. Farewell. <laughs> I absolutely just Toy Story one. Like, what do you? I mean, it just it it set the foundation. Um, this thing was everything I wanted as a either I think it was like twelve or thirteen, seventh grade, eighth grade. I don't know. I just this was it for me, and it just I don't know. It was everything from the like, it was such a huge thing about this movie coming out and the effects and like going and seeing on thing. I think. I think it was like around Thanksgiving time. I think it was a November release and just, I don't know. I I couldn't get enough of it. I watched it so much on VHS and DVD. I I mean, I'm this movie's on constantly. Um, I love it. I I don't know what more I can say about toy story one. Um, I think they just, they just struck. It's a moment where lightning is struck. It's a pretty damn close to perfect movie. I'm going to pitch a pitch an idea here. I know this is blasphemy, but something they'll do in video games that I absolutely love is they'll go in and they'll remaster them. They don't change anything. They just make them look prettier. Not going to lie. They update them to the, the current times. The one I would love it if they took Toy Story 1 didn't change a thing except for the visual styling. None of the animation changes, just quite literally the textures, 
the lighting, everything. And then you could get like an ultimate edition and watch either version. Don't get rid of the old version, make it available. But I would love it if they re remastered it. Can I say this? Yes. The only parts of the movie that need that are anything to do with, with the people. <laughs> with the people or anything that's not the toys. So the toys yeah. look great. When you watch Toy Story 1 now on on your you know high def TV, anything to do with the toys looks awesome still. Yeah. It still looks good. They obviously it doesn't look as crisp as it's the not later movies would be. Yeah. It's not or even Toy Story 3 or 2. Yeah. But the only thing that bumps are the people. That's it. I just it would be and the re- dog. Yeah, and the dog. Like it basically anything that required like really intense animation that wasn't yeah. like a soft toy, like a surface. But I, I just the movie's so good. And every time I watch it, I just go, man, like these Pixar movies. Could you imagine if they took Toy Story One and made it look as good as Toy Story Four? Like I would want to watch that movie. It would be like watching a new movie. It'd be like watching the new greatest movie of all time again. Like I just, and don't get me wrong. I would never want them to ever lose the original. I'm not saying replace it with a new one. I'm just saying I wouldn't be against that. If they came out and they said to celebrate toy Story's 25th anniversary, we have re-rendered the movie to match a modern standard. Enjoy with the exact same. Everything's exactly the same except for the look of it. Oh man. Like maybe maybe remaster the old Randy Newman jams. I'm not gonna lie. I think I'd be all right if they did an expanded version of it because that movie, like I we watched it two weeks ago or something, and I after it ended, I looked at him and was like, that movie's like incredibly short. Like, what's the runtime? Airtight, on that? dude. It's, it's like hour eight, fifteen, it's, right? It's eighty-one minutes long with credit yeah. with credits. So like airtight, baby. Like I'm going. I think they have room to add some unseen scenes. I don't know, man. It's perfect. <laughs> it is perfect. It is perfect. Maybe, maybe one or two bonus Mr. Potato Head lines. Oh. <laughs> Favorite character in Toy Story. Let's go down the line. Cisco? Buzz. Steve? Mr. Potato Head. I like the aliens. Oh. <laughs> who would have guessed also? Who would have guessed that that? soundbite that steve-o played at the the top of this conversation or at the top of the toy story one conversation would become such a meme oh i know oh yeah bad strange little man you have my my favorite favorite meme to just throw at people when they're being (laughs) d-bags you are a sad strange little man i know i've told my yak back story on the show so i won't do my yak back story about having a recording of toy story but i will say i never got a buzz Lightyear toy i never got one that surprises me i'm so excited to buy all of them for harper like i'm just so excited to buy all the toy story all, toys all of them like all of them gonna get her a ham oh she already has a like a small ham plush so she's got some <laughs> toy story sheets and some onesies and stuff but yeah no it's it's on Yo, it's the on. deluxe, the deluxe Buzz Lightyears are really fucking cool. They're big, and they do all the shit that he does in the movie. And like, the the deluxe Woodies are really cool. They just they gotta be scale. They gotta be scale. Yeah, they're, <laughs> no, they're giant. They're like, and they're like a hundred bucks or like a hundred and twenty bucks. Disney, take all my money. With that being said, guys, I had an amazing time talking about Pixar with you too. It really is 
one of my, if not my favorite working studio in Los Angeles. I know that we're all incredibly passionate about this and surprising our, our lists matched more than I thought they would. I thought we were going to be all over the place, but we definitely, I was, I was, I was prepared. I even told Steve, I was like, bro, I'm, you know, I'm gloves off when it comes to Pixar, bro. <laughs> I get gloves off with my Pixar. <laughs> but uh, I think everybody here had really great, thoughtful, profound uh, lists. And I love that we kind of talked about something we haven't talked about on the show with this idea of chemistry when you're consuming art and sometime when it just matches perfectly, something sticks in the right way. Hey, Cisco, if the people want to find you online, where can they find you? They can find me at Cisco Kid with 2D77 on Twitter and Instagram. Steve, where can the people find you? Uh, you can find me at Rex Manning on Twitter. And I don't know, look me up on Letterboxd. Let's, uh, let's rate some movies, people. You can find me at Alex underscore Backus on Twitter or at Alex Backus on Instagram. And you can find me on Letterboxd at Alex Backus where I'm reviewing movies like Wally, -E, like Coco, like Toy Story 3. Also, you can hit me up on Strava because I know some of you did. <laughs> so now we're staying fit together as a community. With that being said, guys, we'll see you next time. Later. guys i'm here at pixar i'm about to go in uh start working on a collaboration project with pixar just kidding man i don't play that soft little baby shit man that's satan all day that evil satan stuff heavy metal shit man i don't fuck around with a little baby shit. <laughs>